in today's show. We're looking back at the games from Sunday and also Saturday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now, normally, I'd be doing a recap show of Sunday's games, but because it's a weird day, the games are over early, Super Bowl Sunday, there's only two of them on. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to recap Sunday's two games. I'm also going to go back in time to yesterday and recap the nine games from Saturday. So we've got actually a robust show for those of you who don't want to watch the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl halftime show or just want to know what the hell's going on in the NBA and fantasy basketball. We're going to do an 11 game recap today. Um, did the waiver wire show already earlier? No more wasting time, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the big news, I guess is the Zion Williamson setback with his hamstring injury. Obviously, terrible news for Zion, for the Pelicans, for fantasy managers. Um, I'm not going to go into anything about this, what this means for Zion's future or anything like this. Got, that's, yeah, that's no point in doing that. What it means for this year, though, is that your playoffs are, fantasy playoffs are starting in the next two, three weeks. I don't think Zion is going to be a part of the early part of fantasy playoffs. So let's assume that you know, we thought the earliest he could be back was February 25th. So obviously a setback pushes him further away from that. So he's not coming back until March. You would think probably mid-March is best case and then he's limited then anyway. That's really tough for me to hold. And your open IL slots, you're never going to have an argument, right? You're always going to hold in an open IL slot. But when you need those IL slots and when you get into playoffs, or if you don't have them, drop him. Like you've got to make hard decisions. You, you drop him. If Zion's not going to be there, for your first round of your playoffs or second round of your playoffs or you don't make the playoffs, playoffs, then there's no point holding. I know he's great. I know he puts up awesome numbers, but when he comes back, he will be limited as well. So he won't be top 40, top 30 punt Zion. He won't be when he comes back. He might be 80th or 90th or 100th. And then by the time that he gets back to maybe being full strength, is it in your actual championship matchup? Are you even there to care? And the answer to all those questions is, is he there? Maybe. Are you there to care? Probably not. I'm not telling you to drop him. That's very, like, that's very much not what I try to do in this show. Like, I'll tell you what to do. Like, sometimes I will. I'll, like, yeah, I'll tell you, add Walker Kessler. What are you doing? What are you waiting for? I'll tell you things like that. But, yeah, it's in the end, it's like suggestions or ideas or uh, leanings or, or where we sort of, you know, how we process the information. And I, and I think with Zion, again, because everyone's league and situation is wildly different. But the overwhelming thing is like, yeah, it's got to be considered now that he's droppable. And in most cases, the answer will be, yeah, like move on. In in most cases. Had some buyouts happen. The 
I didn't put him on this list, but Patrick Beverly's been bought out now. Um, him and Terrence Ross were both bought out by the Magic, but Terrence Ross is already going to the Suns. Terrence Ross wasn't a part of the Magic rotation, so it doesn't change anything for their rotation. Ross going to the Suns, I don't know, is he even better than Damian Lee? I'm not sure. He gives them another option that's not Warren or not Craig or not Akogi or not Wainwright to play alongside Durant. Durant can obviously play down at the three, giving guys like Craig and Wainwright opportunities to play at the four. Durant can play up at the four, giving guys like Kogi and Ross and Lee opportunities to play at the three. And of course, Booker can play at the three as well. So he's going to be in the mix there. We're not adding Terrence Ross. Danny Green was waived by the Rockets, as was John Wall. Green has signed on in Cleveland. Green is like 36, 37 years old, coming off a torn ACL in an unbelievably quick time. He's not going to be a fantasy impact player, but... What that he is, there is a chance for him in the rotation. Okoro, Wade, Lamas. I think you can count Lamar Stevens out. I think this really impacts Chetty Osman as well. Now Green's going to be pretty limited in the regular season. He's going to sit back to backs. So these guys should be okay, but it just takes a little bit off the top of those players. And in terms of the Cavs making a winning move, it's a pretty strong option. I think Green as a noted winner, he makes teams better consistently. And while he might not have as much left as we would hope, it's definitely not a bad move to get him. I actually like Reggie Jackson going to Denver as well. He was bought out by the Hornets. He goes to the Nuggets. Some people will automatically leap to, does this mean that Jamal Murray's knee is rooted? Um, no, I don't think that's the case. What I think this means is they don't want Ish Smith to be their primary backup point guard. And Reggie Jackson's a clear upgrade there. Is there some worry about Jamal Murray and his knee? Yeah. Now, Jamal Murray's knee is not the ACL knee. It's a compensation soreness on the other knee, which is, I don't know if it's more worrying or less worrying, actually. But it's not an ACL issue. It's an ACL adjacent issue on the opposite knee. I think Murray won't play until the All-Star break and then he'll be fine. Reggie won't be a 12-team league player. He's not playing 31 minutes a night or getting big usage. He'll be a streamer for threes, maybe for points, like a 16-team league player. And obviously it hurts his Smith. It probably hurts Bruce Brown a little bit as well. Because Brown would have been that first option to start over Murray when Murray's not there. But maybe they go with Jackson now. So it probably does hurt Bruce a little bit. I'll hold Bruce for now. But I think it's a, in terms of a useful enough option for a playoff team like Danny Green going to Cleveland, I like Reggie Jackson going to Denver. Stanley Johnson was waived by the Spurs. You could see him going somewhere, but that's not a fantasy impact thing. John Wall's been bought out. No team. Patrick Beverly doesn't have a team yet. Serge Barker doesn't have a team. It appears like um, both RJ Hampton with the Magic might get bought out and also Nerlens Noel with the Pistons. Both of those guys post-trade deadline are just listed out, not with team, which means that they're just getting sent home and organizing contract stuff, I believe. That's, that's the whisper with those guys. So watch out what happens with them for their future. But none of these guys, I don't think, are having any fantasy impact. The guy I could see is Reggie Jackson at times being streamable, but not the other players. Westbrook has still not been bought out by the Jazz. They haven't decided where they're going to buy him out. I don't know why they wouldn't. Um, I guess it depends how much money he's willing to give back. And then Westbrook, it looks like maybe Chicago, where he would have fantasy value because they're idiots. Uh, the Clippers, where I don't think he would, and it'd be a horrendous fit. Miami, I don't know. Um, but... If you can, if you can hold on to Russ for now, just to see what happens, do it. I, I don't think he plays a second for the Jazz, but I would be, um, I'll hold on to him and just to see where this situation goes. 
Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. In 2023, as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, let's do these games. Let's go back to Saturday. Let's wind the clock back. Philadelphia and Brooklyn. What do we have in this game? Again, most of this stuff you've seen. If you're a Basketball Monster member, you've got some of my feedback on this stuff already. The Sixers win 101-98. Embiid and Harder. I'm not going to go through all the numbers necessarily. Ah, screw it. Let's just do it like normal. 37-13 and 13 for Embiid. 29-6-6 six and six for Harden. Really strong games there. The worry we've got to have here is with the wave pool, DeAnthony Melton. 14 minutes for Melton, scoreless, one rebound. Spoiler alert, might be the dud of the night. Shocking game for Melton. He is outside the top 240 over the last week. He's still top 100 for the season. I it, the, the problem here is the last two games have been bad, and the ones before he played 33 minutes. So the up and down nature of it is making me a little bit skeptical. If I'm in a 10-team league, I've got no problem with drop, drop, dropping DeAnthony Melton. No, no problem whatsoever. If I'm in a 12-team league, I'm probably going to hold through the break at least and see where these minutes go. As for Tangles, 34 minutes for Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, 12 points, four rebounds, no threes, 36%. Like Melton, he's outside the top 200 over the last week. 238th, in fact. But unlike Melton, he's only 121st for the season. I'd be more inclined to hold on to Maxi just because that scoring upside is hard to get and the minutes have trended back towards him. And I feel more confident in Maxi's minutes floor being 28, whereas Melton, I don't think that's his floor. But they're both very much on the fringes. Jalen McDaniels made his Sixers debut, five and four in 16 minutes. I think Jack Armstrong is going to get a workout today. Get that garbage out of here! And I'm not saying it yet. I'm not saying it yet, but... The Thick Hogsman. Um, I think I am a TH. TH! Yeah, TH for life. Sorry, went too early on that. He is edging very close to being jacked right here. Three points, 11%. He had a triple one. He's 217th over the last week. You know that my original thoughts on him this season were, I'm not sure he's top 100. And then he just decided to put in gigantic shooting numbers and gigantic defensive numbers. And Harden and Maxi and that were out, and his usage stayed up. Well, now it's all coming home to roost. And all of this, I, I think he's going to be a drop when we hit fantasy playoffs. I wouldn't do it yet. If I'm not dropping Melton, I'm not dropping Harris. But I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Jalen McDaniels actually eat into Tobias Harris's time, especially when the shots aren't going in. It's rough for him at the moment. Melton, Maxi, Harris, all outside the top 200 over the last week. That's bad. And yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about where that goes. A little bit worried. For the Nets, they ran a very confusing rotation. They started Dinwiddie. Alongside Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Finney Smith, and Claxton. And then Nick Claxton played like five minutes in the first quarter and a half. You go, what's going on here? He did have some issues, I think with some disciplinary stuff, ended with 29 minutes. But they ran like a crazy 12-man rotation. 
So I still don't know what to make of it. Like, why did we get three Dayron Sharp minutes? Why did we get seven Paddy Mills minutes? Why only five Yuta Watanabe minutes? I don't know what to make of it. What I do know is that I was very impressed with Mikhail Bridges. Now, what I think is going to happen with Bridges here is he will have a boost in usage, but we've also already seen a boost in usage for Bridges all season. Maybe he gets an extra point or two of usage. He had 23-6 with two steals and three threes. But that legendary field goal percentage for Bridges is going to fall away almost definitely, I, I think. And we've seen that all season. Give him a higher role, the usage, uh, the percentages drop off. And I think that'll continue here. As for Cam Johnson, 28 minutes, 12 and seven, two threes, three steals. Didn't shoot well at all. I think that, I think, I thought he was going to do decrease some value heading to this team. Maybe he doesn't. He's a hold. We'll see what happens. I've got no um, confusion about holding Royce O'Neal though. I projected him to lose a lot of minutes and play maybe 20 minutes a night. It was worse. He played 17. Three, four, and three with a triple one on 14%. There are just players that are, there are three wings that are better than him now. Bridges, Johnson, and Finney Smith. They're all better than him, clearly. And he's a very clear, he was already a droppable guy anyway. Same with Finney Smith, who played a lot of minutes, but had five, eight, and two. And he'll have some moments where he's a 12-team league guy, but the upside is not good enough to hold. I'd much rather have Bridges and Johnson there. There's a lot of questions on this team. Like Joe Harris went off 18.63s. I, I don't care. I don't buy it for a second, but that's good. His last two games have been really strong and they're just finding him for open shots. So watch that one. And we still don't know what happens with Seth Curry when he returns. The big, there's two big, well, Dinwiddie struggled in this game, nine points, 20%. Hit that buzzer beating three point shot that didn't, actually not buzzer beating because it didn't beat the buzzer. But otherwise those numbers are pretty rough, but I'm still really liking what he's going to do. The big questions are going to be uh, Ben Simmons. 16 minutes, 4, 3, and 3. Is he looking like a drop? Absolutely. Am I dropping him? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't... This rotation doesn't feel settled. But what is feeling settled is that Simmons isn't going to play 29 minutes a night. Um, if there is someone just absolutely on your waiver wire where you go, man, why is this guy on the wire? I've, I've got to really go and add him. Then, then I can see that. I can see why you would would you would make that move and why you would drop him. I I understand that, but I'm not just blanket dropping Ben Simmons. It's it's there though. I I, I get that he is very close. And the other one is Cam Thomas, who with the whole roster minus Curry available, played 18 minutes off the bench. He had 14 points, which is strong, 30% usage. Maybe he maintains 30 usage. That's possible. But he also shot 58% from the field, which was 70% on um, on threes. And part of the reason his value had been so sky high was just getting to the line every time, especially in late games when the foul game was being played to get teams back into it. And he'd take every free throw. He took no free throws in this game. He had 14, one and two. Now, as people have labeled me a Cam Thomas hater or anything like that, which is actually not true. I just didn't expect him to score 40 points in three games in a row, and I would have preferred to hold my ads for the waiver uh, for the for the future, me expecting him not to have a consistently big role all season. That was my theory on Cam Thomas. And of course, it looked so stupid when he went out there and put up those big numbers. But 18 minutes, I don't want to rely upon a guy getting 18 minutes, no peripherals, and shooting 58%. But I will hold, because I don't know that this... Like, there's... 14, 15 random minutes of Sharp, Mills, and Watanabe that don't necessarily need to be played every night. And those 15 minutes, I doubt they'd all go to Thomas. Some could go to Thomas, some could go to Simmons, some can go to Roy, some can go to Harris, some can go to Curry. But if Cam Thomas played 25, he probably is a fringe 12-team league player. But if the next game sees him under 20 minutes again, 
then I got I have no problem jacking him because it again it's is it bias for me maybe is it me seeing this is how I projected things to pan out and then they've reverted back to exactly how I thought things would pan out then yeah I'll believe it like I'll think okay well this is sort of what I thought that's what they think now as well so we can we can move on but I won't do it just yet I talked about this on the waiver wire show I'm not dropping Cam Thomas just yet but he's very very much he's very very much in the uh, in the firing line to be moved on from if this if this role, which I think it will, becomes a trend. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. Let's look at the Rookie of the Year odds. Paulo Bunkero is a massive favorite on FanDuel, minus 1,000. Has he actually been the best rookie this season? I mean, yes, but has he? Yes. The odds that are really interesting to me are the fact that Benedict Matherin is second favorite at plus 950 and Walker Kessler's plus 3,500. That is insane. Kessler's been better than Matherin. And then the next favorite is Jaden Ivey, which is blatantly crazy when Jalen Williams is sitting behind him at plus 18,000. I'd even have Keegan Murray at plus 18,000 ahead of Jaden Ivey. Those odds are crazy. They're crazy. Man, people's valuations of rookies is wild. Anyway, you can check all of that on FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't forget, or don't miss the chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. Man, this show is going to be long. Um, Denver and Charlotte. Let's have a look at this one. Hmm. Okay. The Nuggets win at 119-105. What stands out from a Nuggets perspective? There was no Aaron Gordon, Zeke, Zeke Naji, or Jamal Murray. So we've got you know, uh, Vlako Chanchar playing 24 minutes to start. I think Vlako has been pretty good this season, but not enough to matter for most fantasy leagues. And... Does he even pay a big part in the rotation moving forward? I don't know. He's one to watch for deeper leagues. Tom Bryant came across, played two minutes in garbage time. Is he not going to be in the rotation? Regardless, we're dropping him in all 12 team leagues. But are they going to go small with Chanchar at center? John Red Jordan played over him. I don't think that'll be the case. But watch that one with Bryant. Watch his deep league value. Christian Brown, 27 minutes, 11 and 7 with four steals. That's good. We don't don't overreact to that, nor do we overreact to Ish Smith's eight assists because he's probably not going to play when Reggie Jackson gets there. KCP was strong, 15-2-5 with two blocks. He's been really, really good of late. And Magapoida Jr. had 14-6. and six. And Brucey Brown, we keep holding him. But again, Reggie might impact that. 32 minutes for Bruce, 14-2-5. I didn't even talk about the big fellow, the big man in the middle, Big Chungus. Crazy night again, 30-16 and 16 with 10 assists and two blocks. He just continues to do it. On the Hornets side of things, we got the big fella starting again, Mark Williams. Oh, hi, Mark. Only 21 minutes, so don't, but don't panic. Six points, five rebounds, two blocks and a steal. He had three fouls in the first seven or eight minutes that he played, four fouls in his first 12 minutes, and that's why he got limited. And it happens against Jokic, and it happens to rookie big men. He is still a must-roster 12-team league guy. And in his place, with him in foul trouble, Big Dick Nick Richards played 27 minutes. But you will notice that PJ Washington played no minutes at center at all. Richards had nine and eight with two blocks. That's totally good for a 14-team league guy. 
And he is a 14-team league player, Nick Richards. I don't think he's a must-roster 12. I don't think it's a minute split. I think it was a foul issue. But that will happen, and Richards will have these games. Lamelo had 18, 9, and 12. And Dennis Smith, big game. 27 minutes for Smitty, 15 and 4, a steal, two blocks, two triples. Why was he able to get that? Well, part of it is Cody Martin being out. Part of it is Kelly Oubre being out. Um, they had Teo Maladon in the G League. And I don't know if Svimo, Svi, Svima Luke would get those minutes. But Smith is at least a streamable option at times. But I don't have confidence in that. There's also huge minutes for Gordon Hayward with Jalen McDaniels gone. 21, 2, and 3, 2 steals. And until Oubre and Martin play, then Haywood is probably going to get a boost. PJ Washington Jr. Does he? Can him and Jay Crowder share it? Yeah, I think so. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. I mean, he was like good and shit in the same game. Twenty-two points is great. Two blocks is great. Four rebounds, my guy. Get some more. Fifty-seven percent shooting, awesome. Sixty-three from the line, terrible. He continues to be frustrating. Well, Rogier was bad. Twelve points, twenty-nine percent, but at least he got three steals. Bryce McGowan's is some is one of the guys taking some of those minutes with those players out. He didn't do much. I like McGowan's long term, but he's only a very deep league player. Like I've got him in a 30 deep league, but that's probably about as far as we go with that one. The Pacers and the Wizards. Daniel Tice sat out because it was a back-to-back. So Isaiah Jackson played 18 minutes, six and four, a steal and two blocks. The ridiculousness of their rotation continues to be ridiculous, but I just expect Tice will go back and be that backup. I'm not saying Turner's a world beater at all. He's not. But this team's going nowhere. And Daniel Tice is, what, 30 years old? And there's no point to playing him. What's the what's the purpose? I don't get it. Um, you don't need to hold Isaiah Jackson, clearly. Halliburton was good, 21-6-7. Heald was good, 16-4-3, two steals. Miles Turner only 26 minutes um, without too much foul trouble, which is a little bit annoying. But otherwise, the numbers are okay. And Matherin just Matherin. 16-3-4, it's totally okay. But was bad from the field. And only got one free throw. And he still remains outside the top 200 for the season. Absolutely not a must-roster player. Timothy John McConnell, nine points in 21 minutes. He's not a 12-teamer, nor is Aaron Neesmith, who just continues to be one of the more inconsistent players that we have. He'll be top 50, and then he's like, over the last week, 330th. Three points, missed all of his shots. You can't rely upon him, and you absolutely do not roster him in 12-team leagues. You stream him in, but who knows what you're going to get, and you just don't want to hold on to him. Duarte played uh, 18 minutes for nine points, but I don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to play Jordan Nwora? And if they do, who misses out? Are they going to play George Hill? And if they do, who misses out? What is this idiot, Rick Carlisle? He's not an idiot, obviously. He's a great coach, but he makes some crazy rotation decisions. What's he going to do when Hill and Tice, uh, sorry, when Hill and Nwora play? Who's going to lose out? I'm a little bit worried about, maybe not Matherin, but like you know, your stream value of McConnell, your deeper league value of Duarte. What the hell happens with Neesmith? I'm a little worried about that. For the Wizards, no Kuzma still. Uh, they've also waived Will Barton, by the way. I don't know where he's going to end up. Um, Beal had 32, 4, and 6, and Porzinga 17, 10, and 5. Some good numbers from those guys. What do we want to focus on? Dan Gafford and Denny Avdia. 30 minutes for both. Gafford, 13, and 5 with four blocks, 100% shooting, must roster player. Avdia, 16, 6, and 3, probably must roster. Although I think that he loses the most when Kuzma returns. Delon Wright, five assists is nice. A steal is okay. He's looking more like a specialist versus a 12-team must. He's like an Alex Caruso at this stage. And Kispert started over Avdia. Played 30 minutes, had 13 points with three threes. I've never been more underwhelmed with a player in my life. Every time, oh, Kispert's starting, I go, oh, that's cool. I don't care. I just don't care. Kispert's the 223rd ranked player. He's averaging like 27 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night. He's just not an impactful NBA player. 
He's a bad fantasy player, and I don't actually care when he starts. Kendrick Nunn, credit to him, playing much better. 10, 3, and 6 with two triples. Still just a deeper league guy, though. Let's fly across to the Battle of the Florida Men. Miami beats Orlando 107-103. Jim Butler, 22-7-6, two steals, two blocks. That's great. Adebayo, 13 points is a bit annoying, but 17 rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block is great. But I'm really interested in Gabe Vincent. 41 minutes for Gabriel, 20 points, four triples. Only 12 shots, but I have no faith in Kyle Lowry at all. I'd be adding Vincent in every 14-team league, and I think in most 12s. I added him in a 12-team league myself. Hero played a lot of minutes. It was an overtime game, 47 minutes for him, 23-2-1. It's just, it's it's a typical game where it looks great, and then you look at every category after score, and you go, ugh, ugh. Bad, bad nine-category line because of you're doing nothing apart from scoring. Caleb Martin has had some really interesting performances late. Eight and seven here, two steals and a block. That's not great, but the two steals and block is strong. He's been getting some steals. He's been getting some rebounds. He's a definite 14-teamer, and he's pushing to be at least 12-team adjacent. And with Victor Oladipo out, we've got 39 Max Struess minutes. The Winner Soldier had 12 points. He had seven assists as well with four triples. He's a stream option with Vic out, but he's not a long-term option, I don't think. For your Orlando Magic. We're going to address Jalen Suggs because he was great. 28 minutes, 14 points, three threes, four steals, three blocks. Now, there's a couple of things to look at here. Yes, they're waving Patrick Beverly and Terrence Ross. Doesn't matter. Beverly's never played a minute for them. Ross is out of the rotation. RJ Hampton, they're waving him. Who cares? Not in the rotation. What I look at here with Suggs, he had a 13 usage. Shot 71%. But that doesn't impact defense. I already know he's an elite defender. I know that he's more of a part of the future than Gary Harris, but will they play him those minutes? Will they play him over Cole Anthony? He's absolutely on the radar, but he's not a 12-team must. There's a lot of stuff here, the 71% shooting and 28 minutes in particular, which I'm not that confident in long-term. Cole Anthony, he just continues to be one of the more confusing players. Only 20 minutes here, seven points, but he had six assists. He's an option to stream in 12s, but he's definitely not must roster. While Bowl had two points in 19 minutes, not a must roster player. And actually, he's a he's a jackable 12-team guy, and he has been for weeks. Get that garbage out of here! And so is John Isaac. Get that garbage out of here! Josh, you just hate him. Um, the John Isaac stuff is pretty simple, right? He had three points in 14 minutes. He's ranked 280th for the season. When is he going to play 21 minutes or 20 minutes? Is he ever going to? You can hold John Isaac, but if you are holding him and you are battling for the playoff spots, it's useless to you. It's going to hurt you a lot. And that's the way it's always been. If you're sitting in first and you've got a lot of wins banked up early in the season, you can afford losses. It doesn't matter. And so you can take a fly if you believe he gets there. I don't believe he gets there, but you might. And that's okay. But if you're battling for a playoff, you can't argue it. I don't think that he's a rosterable player because he's not. He's not producing anywhere near the value he needs to. And we've got no, not only do we have an uncertain timeline as to when he gets those minutes, we don't even know if he ever gets there or they've got any plan to play in those minutes. And that is such a gigantic unknown from so many angles that you're burning a roster spot in a battle for a playoff position. Paulo Banquero continues to really struggle. 16 and 13. Doesn't look like it's struggling, but efficiency is... No defensive stats. He's turning into tall RJ Barrett at the moment, which is a little bit worrying. I think he's going to be better than this, but it's been been a struggle for him. While Mo Wagner was great. 14 points, two threes, two steals, and a block. He's a sneaky 14-team league guy at the moment. 
Wendell, pretty strong, 14 and 6 as well. While Franz Wagner, massive buy low for Franz. Talked about him on the buy low show last week. 10 points, 27% shooting. He looks pretty exhausted. I think the break's going to do him good. And he's going to put up much better numbers, is my guess, after the break. I bloody hope so. I don't think it can get worse. Let's look at the next game, the Utah Jazz and the New York Knicks. The Knicks 126, the Jazz 120. Taylor Horton Tucker, 27 minutes, 23-2-7, a steal and a block. There's a lot there that I like. There's a lot there that's bullshit. The 67% shooting, that's the bullshit part. The seven assists, the steal and the block, no, he can do that. The 27 minutes, maybe. I think he's a strong 14-team league guy. That's how I viewed him post-trade. And now I've amended it to say, yeah, maybe, maybe you do add him in 12s. Maybe. Kessler played 35 minutes, only had four points, but 15 boards and two blocks, while Markinen had 29, 5, and 3, and Alinek was 11 and 3. That's not great from Kelly. I still think he's a 12-teamer. And the man on the street, Jordan Clarkson, scored himself uh, 24 points. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. 40 minutes for Clarkson as well. This game is a little bit of a Colin Sexton game, but it's also a little bit misleading. He had 15, 2, and 5, and from an overall fantasy perspective, category league, it's pretty bad. But it's brought down because he went 2 of 5 from the line. 15, 2, and 5, if he shot 80% from the line, would be an okay okay line. But I guess my little bit of a worry here, he was minus 13 and played only 31 minutes. He is a 12-team league player, but you know my skepticism of his overall level of fantasy production. He's a back-end guy, like a top 90, top 95 player, which is must roster, but don't have too high hopes for him on this sort of a team. Egbaji continues to be really quite bad. Five points in 19 minutes. He had 4% usage. He is not going to impact 12 or 14. I thought maybe he could impact 16s. I don't think he can. I think we're looking at that as very, very deep league stuff for him. And Yudoka Azebuke has the backup center role at the moment. Don't write off Damian Jones getting it. But yeah, Azebuke has got it. And that's a 20-team, 30-team league situation. For the Knicks, there was a few things we wanted to watch here. And I was, as much as I might not agree with it, Josh Hart is going to get a lot of minutes here. He played 26 minutes and he closed the game. 11 and 7, 4 assists, 4 steals and 2 threes. And it's not that I don't like Josh Hart, I do. It's more that adding his lack of shooting alongside Barrett's lack of shooting and um, Sims slash Robinson's lack of shooting and Randall's poor shooting that worries me on this team. But that's what Thibodeau's going to do. We said this, that Thibodeau's going to love this bloke and might try and play him 40 minutes a night because he's a rebounding guard. So his value is pretty strong in that regard. And these 26 minutes that Josh Hart played in this game is probably the lowest he's going to play all season. The burner played 39 minutes. Jalen Brunson, 38, 3, and 5. He continues to be ridiculous. While um, Randall had 31 and 6 um, with no defensive stats. Rowan Barrett got 34 minutes. I thought he might lose a little bit. He didn't, but he barrowed it his way. 20 and 6, 3 assists. No steals, no blocks, subpar field goals, below average free throws. It's the RJ Barrett story every single time. Nothing changes. But what did change for old mate Grimey? This briefcase and this haircut. Now, I've already jacked him off so many times this season. There is absolutely no reason in my mind to have Quentin Grimes on a 12-team roster. Get that garbage out of here! He had the dreaded 1-1-1. One, one, and one. one point, one rebound, one assist, and played 22 minutes. And like we talked about when Josh Hart came over, yes, Josh Hart will take Mason, uh, Miles McBride's nine minutes. Who else's minutes is he taking? Well, the answer is Grimes. And it's quickly, as expected. 23 minutes for quickly, 15 and 5, a steal and a block. I think that, that's okay, but there's no way of quickly being a consistent 30-minute-a-night player now unless Barrett loses minutes or Grimes is out of the rotation. So you can drop Grimes, you can drop quickly, really quickly. 
didn't didn't even mean to say that. It was just horrible pun work. Hardenstein, 25 minutes, 6 and 14. He is still the option over Sims, but it's getting more closer to a minute split now, which makes it a little bit more frustrating. Let's go to the next one. It is the San Antonio Spurs and the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks win it easily, 125-106. The Spurs got everyone back apart from Vassell, who should come back after the break, it looks like. And there was no Doug McDermott and no Romeo Langford. They are still keeping Charlie Bassey in the G League. Maybe that's a games played thing, or they're waiting to convert him. But just we need to watch him for deeper league. Sohan, only 21 minutes, which is a red flag on the 21 minutes. Zohan, now! But he had 30 usage. Huh. 18, 9, and 5 a steal on a block. He is probably a 12-team league guy. Devontae Graham, 24 minutes. So we look at that and go, oh, well, man, that's, that's great. Nine points on 38% is very Devontae Graham. He hit three threes, and then randomly he had two steals and two blocks. Him getting 24 minutes a night is absolutely not a 12-team league option. Don't Look, if Devontae Graham plays 24 a night, it is no more than a threes streamer for 12s. I have seen Devontae Graham play for many years. He In 30 minutes a night, he can be a 12-team league guy on a punt field goal team. In 22, he cannot be. And while this game, you look at it and go, well, look, at, look at the value in that, Josh. That's such great fantasy value. Two steals and two blocks is just impossible for him to do. He's two blocks. He might not have, honestly, he might not have two more blocks the rest of the season. This is not a realistic outcome for him. Nine points, two rebounds, four assists. Sure. Could do it every game. Do you actually care though? Is that good enough? Probably not. I don't think he's a 12-teamer. Trey Jones, it's looking a little bit rough for him. 25 minutes, 8 and 7, 3 assists, 2 steals. I probably hold a little bit, but I'm not feeling great. While Calden Johnson was really strong here with the, the efficiency and the scoring, just everything else was rough. No threes, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal. Not, not great there. And it wasn't a good night from Zach Collins. 9, 5, and 4 with a triple 1. Hold him, though. Malachi Branham got the 28 minutes. I think they should start him rest of the season. Whether they will or not, I don't know. Romeo Langford could get in the mix. But my problem with him is a lot of his damage has been done in games where everyone's been out. And in this game where he only got 20 usage, he had 10 and 6 on 27% shooting. And he doesn't do enough across everything else that's not volume scoring where he's not fed the ball a ton to make him a must-roster 12. He's absolutely okay to take a look at, to see how they run the rotation. I just, like my, my projections do not love him. And even for as good as people, people man, you got to have him as a 12-team league guy. He's ranked 221st over the last week. And that's most of that's been without all these players. He hasn't, he's not a good category league player at this point. And I do like him, but he's not a good category league player. For the Hawks, Trey Young was great. Fourth-ranked player over the last week. Ooh, it's coming. 24, 4, and 17. Steal and a block. Great game. DeAndre Hunter, 33 minutes, 24 and 5 with three steals. We don't really know the Hawks team, though, because we don't even know if Sadiq Bey is going to be on this team. I'm just going to double-check to see whether there's been any announcement of whether that trade's gone through. I'm like 95% sure that trade is going to go through, and I'll update you if anything more comes out. By the way, they've just ruled um, Romeo Langford out for Monday and Trey Jones out for Monday. So there's your Devontae Graham stream. There's your Devontae Graham uh, stream. Um Interesting. Uh, as I'm recording this, as these injury reports are coming out, Jonte Murray, 18, 7, and 3. Johnny Collins, did the trade lift the pressure? 17 and 3 with two steals and two blocks. My worry has been his shooting all season. He shot poorly again, but there's some good numbers there. While Okongwu played 19 minutes. And I know Okongwu, people love looking at his numbers, and they all, his numbers are heavily skewed by a lack of turnovers. Remember that. And people go, well, he's top 90, Josh. Someone said this to me, Josh, he's top 90. That's definitely must roster. Like, is it though? A lot of his damage, 
like the last two months, he's played 27 minutes a night. He's the 62nd ranked player. But he played those minutes because Capella was out. And he averaged 10 and 8 with two blocks. For the season, he averages 9 and 7. Yeah. With 1.3 blocks. His value is coming from being not bad at free throws, good at field goals, good blocks, good rebounds. And the fact that he never turns it over. But as you're well aware, that artificially, in my opinion, elevates it. Like you would not consider this guy, like if he's on your roster, is he your eighth best player? Because that's what a top 90 ranking would suggest, which is just crazy. Like that is not how he is, what he's doing. He's providing value in three categories. So his role is very, very set. He is a 20-minute-a-night backup to Clint Capella, who has value if Capella gets hurt. And otherwise, I don't think he's a must-roster player unless you are just absolutely beholden to ranking numbers, which I don't think you should be. I don't think you should be. Um, I think Bogdanovich is going to be a real drop. We'll see what happens when uh, Bay arrives or if Bay arrives. 27 minutes for him, 13, three threes. That's okay, but like I'm, I'm really worried where that's going to go for him when uh, the depressed penis lands in Atlanta. The Bulls and the Cavs, the Chicago Bulls just continue to be one of the most annoying and embarrassing franchises in the NBA. The Cavs win at 97-89. Pat Williams had a really strong game, 13-6-3 with four steals, but I can't trust it. He never does it. Like he does it once, and then he'll have six points on the in the next game. He's so passive with his consistency. The usage still low, and if Westbrook arrives, he'll never touch it. There's no. I'm not interested in adding him. The skater boy Zach Levine, 23 points. Shot the ball pretty well. Vooch had 14 and 14, but DeRozan slumping a little bit here. And by slumping, I mean he's been bad. 181st over the last week. DeRozan, 16, one and six. We know he's better than that, but it's disappointing. And Caruso played almost 30 minutes the game before, then played 21 here and went scoreless. We do not need to roster Alex Caruso in 12-team leagues, nor do we need to do that with Desumu. Although, Desumu's eight assists and two steals are interesting. Interesting to consider as a stream, but definitely not as a 12-team league player. Kobe White also was pretty poor in this one. Four points on 11%. Actually, that's not poor. That's that's sucking. For the Cavs, Don Mitchell, 29, 10, and 6. Jarrett Allen, 23, and 10. Good numbers there. And Mobley, 14, and 6, and two steals. Evan Mobley's been great. And all of those guys are top 40 players, Mitchell, Allen, and Mobley, over the last week. Mobley's really starting to get me excited at the moment. Garland, not at his best with the shooting 43%, but 19, 2, and 7 is pretty strong. And that's sort of where the value ends. Old mate Karis Levert showed us why we don't love him at all in fantasy. Dracaris. One point, two rebounds, two assists in 26 minutes. Very hard to have him as a 12-team guy. And Okoro had seven points in 27 minutes. And while some of Isaac's recent numbers have been all right, he's still more a 14 to 16-team league guy. Rubio, scoreless, missed all six of his shots, dreadful. But five assists, three steals, and a block is good. He's very much a specialist. He's very much an assist streamer, and he's a deeper league sort of a player. While Osmond played 14 minutes and Wade played 11. It'll be interesting to see where Danny Green fits in um, uh, to that rotation. The Warriors and the Lakers. The Lakers on the road get the win without LeBron. 109-103. Mo Bumba still serving his suspension, so we don't really know where he fits in the rotation. But Vanderbilt, the numbers are great. 12-8-4. We love that. Love it. But he only played 17 minutes. 17 minutes is not enough for me to buy into Jared Vanderbilt as a 12-team league player. Can you have him in 12s if he plays 25? You probably can, but I think his value is going to be very, very similar to what it was in Utah. Hachimura, not too bad without LeBron. 16 and 7, two threes. I don't want him in 12s at all. 
Schroeder, we know that he goes big when LeBron's out, 26-3-3. And and we're going to have more games with LeBron out, let me assure you of that. So Schroeder is a fringe guy to me who has some 12-team value in streaming situations. They started him together with D'Angelo Russell, not Malik Beasley, which I thought was very curious. Beasley played 16 minutes and had four points on 22%. I think Beasley's going to do better than this, but he's shooting poorly all season. He's not guaranteed 30 minutes a night, and he doesn't do anything apart from points and threes. So I wouldn't be adding him in 12s. D'Angelo Russell, 35 minutes, 15, 5, and 6, and Anthony Davis, just horrible shooting from Davis, 26%. But he had 13 and 16 and three blocks. I thought he looked much better in this game than he's looked in some of the other ones, but still he's not quite at his best. 26 Austin Reeves minutes and 22 Troy Brown minutes. Some of that could go towards Beasley for sure. While Walker had four points in 15 minutes. People still roster Lonnie Walker in 12-team leagues. They they must be inactive. There's no way. Why would you still have him? I I don't understand that. Um, Yeah, but there's still questions to be answered here because I don't know if Bumba plays and when LeBron plays, how much is LeBron going to play? They're the big questions. But I was impressed with Vanderbilt. He's okay to hold, but that level of production in those few minutes is not realistic. For the Warriors, no Steph, obviously. Gary Payton, who knows what the hell's going on with that situation. Again, we'll hopefully get an update on it at some point before this show ends. Draymond had 12, 7, and 10. Jordan Poole, 29, 5, and 6 with two blocks. Took a ton of shots, Poole. 25 shots. That's a ton. And Clay Thompson took 21 and hit 24% of them. Clay has been so up and down this season with his efficiency. 15, 3, and 3. It's not a terrible game, but that field goal has really hurt. And Wiggins continues to be just quite bad. 12, 5, and 1. 39%. These are back to the bad old Wiggins days. Don't drop him. But that top 50 guy was a clear mirage. And this is why a lot of people dropped Dante DiVincenzo. Five points in 26 minutes. He had a triple one, which is fine. But without Steph, he's not pushing to big minutes. So he's okay to have. He's okay to roster. He's okay to hold. But the upside feels relatively limited. Milk, Ty Jerome had 18 minutes, 10 points, four assists, two steals. I don't, I don't think we much need to care there. While Looney is a great Defensive rebound guy. He's a great rebound streamer. 13 boards there. But he had two steals and two blocks. And two points. It's not really a Richie, but let's give it to him. Two for two, two, two. Obi's barking because my partner's just left to go to work. And Obi's not, not having it. Not impressed at all with being left at home alone, even though he knows that I'm here. The Kings, 133. Beat the Mavericks, 128. This was an overtime game. First time we saw Kyrie and Luca play together. And let's immediately go to Kyrie. 28, 7, and 7. Four threes, a steal, and a block. Great efficiency. He's, look, he's a, he's a really good player. There's no doubt about that. He is a fringe first-round guy. He's 13th for the season. He's 14th over the last week. Nothing changes for him. Luka Doncic, back from his heel contusion, 27, 9, and 5. Yeah, we'd like a few more assists, but strong Luka game. So what was the interesting thing to watch here? What was Josh Green? 40 minutes, 23, 5, and 1. And normally with Josh Green, we worry about usage. But he had 17 usage. It's not too bad. Now, he only had one steal, but his shooting this season has been out of control, and that worries me. Will it cool off? Because he shot 63% on threes here, and that's just not a realistic number um, to continue. So while Green is fine now, I, I'm a little, a little, just a little skeptical of the level of shooting sticking, but he started over Bullock, and that's great. As for Bullock, eight points, two steals, two threes, and it helps that Hardaway got hurt in this game, obviously. It helps both Green and Bullock. Bullock's a 14 to 16 team. A Green is fine for 12s, but more of a, probably more 14 is going to settle in. Um, let's talk elephant in the room, a couple of things on the crucifix Christian Wood. Well, I am not a Jason Kidd fan. I'm pretty sure you're aware of that. I think he's a really bad coach and a shit bloke, right? Said that a million times. 
But I also don't think that what Kidd is doing to Christian Wood is all that bad. As I said, when the trade went down, I'm worried for Wood here because his usage is about to plummet and him in the starting line with Kyrie and Luca is a defensive disaster. And Jason Kidd's looked at it and went, yeah, yeah, it is. So we're just not going to play him. He's a backup energy big man who, despite scoring 15 points in 18 minutes, was a minus nine in that time. I don't know how that's possible. And while I'm not ready to drop him yet, I'm really close. Everything at the moment is playing out like he is a a 20-minute-a-night reserve. And that is not a 12-team league guy. That's why when that trade happened, I said, I think they might trade Christian Wood. They don't need him. They don't need what he does. They might trade him. They didn't, but they might as well have. So... I see so many people, man, Kid needs to be fired. It's disgusting from Kid. Can you believe what he's doing to Wood? Like, yeah, I can. Yeah. It's really actually straightforward. And I don't agree with Jason Kidd on much, but I sort of do with this. And people go, man, why would Dwight Powell, why would you play Dwight Powell? He's never had good numbers. Look at Wood's numbers. They're not like Powell. It's not just about numbers though. Dwight Powell is very far from um, a convincingly good player. He's not awesome. He doesn't blow us away. But he defends. He sets picks. He's strong. He does the little nothings. You know who he is? He's there, Kevon Looney. Again, Looney's not a great player. He's not a big numbers guy, but he just sort of fits. And that's exactly what Dwight Powell does. And we're seeing them lean with him. But they, like, Using JaVal McGee, that, that's criminal. I, I agree with that. But I don't think this is huge crime and this huge disgusting rotation decision that Christian Wood's not starting and playing 30 minutes a night. I am officially massively worried about where things go from Christian, for Christian Wood from here. If someone wanted to do a trade and give me a top 70 player back for Christian Wood, whew, absolutely immediately would I do that. Uh, um, top 90, I would do it as well. Immediately. I'm very... Now, I could, that could be really wrong. And maybe this is an injury return thing. That makes no sense. He had a thumb injury. And it's been three or four games now. No mention of minutes limits. He had a thumb injury, not a lower body injury. There's no reason to limit him to half his usual minutes because of a thumb injury. This is a Kyrie thing, not a Christian Wood injury thing in my mind. We'll find out as we move forward. It's always a risk. And at some point you could drop him and then straight off the all-star break, they play him 30 minutes and not as a starter. That is distinctly possible. I think it's low chance probability. But again, it's the thing that I talk about all the time. When I have a preconceived notion of something, hey, I think Christian Wood's defense is going to be a real problem. They might actually limit him because they don't need his offense. And then the exact thing happens straight after then my brain just goes, well, that's it. That's what they're doing. And I, and then I, you might bring up injury. Look, like that doesn't make sense either. But a lot of stuff the coaches do don't make sense. So maybe we see after the All-Star break, he's back starting playing 30, and I'm completely wrong on this. So understand where my biases come in on this, where my preconceived notions come in on this, and how I approach that. That's what I'm not saying is an outright drop, but bloody hell, it's close. No Malik Monk, so Terrence Davis played 30 minutes for the Kings, 32 minutes in fact, 22, 6, and 3, two steals and two triples. This is why I said at the trade deadline, just if Terrence Davis gets traded, watch, because there could be some big numbers. Now, this is not anything to do here because he's not going to play every night, but that was great. Fan of Pants had 15, 8, and 5, two steals, three threes, 39 minutes. Probably saved him a little bit because he'd been struggling. I still think you want him in 12s, but he's not as must as what it might appear. Well, another good Trey Lyles night. This is what happens. Sabonis fouls out. Trey Lyles comes in and puts up big numbers. 14, 6, and 3, but he doesn't do it consistently enough to be a 12-teamer. Speaking of consistently, Keegan Murray, 5 points, 28 minutes in an overtime game. 6 rebounds, 3 assists. This is the problem with Keegan Murray. 
He'll have these stretches where he shoots 45% from three and he gets good minutes. He'll have 16 points with four triples and five rebounds and it looks great. And then as soon as he misses some shots, Mike Brown goes, sit down. I've got someone else to play. And it happens. it's happened all too often. In a points league, you absolutely do not need to roster Keegan Murray. He's ranked 168th in points leagues this season. No, no reason at all to roster him. Category leagues is a little bit different. Depends on your squad, but he should be on the fringes. So should the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. 37 minutes, 13 points, 31%. He'll be better than this, but he's not must roster at all. Fox was great, I thought, in this game. 36-4 and 5 with two steals. And Sabonis, 22 and 14, put up good numbers before he fouled out. And that that takes us over to Sunday's games. Finish Saturday. We're going to do Sunday. Great. It was We had the two games on, on Sunday with the Grizzlies and the Celtics as the first one. Pistons and Raptors with the, uh, the second one. So let's look at this Grizzlies game uh, against the Celtics. 119 Boston, 109 Memphis. On the Grizzlies side, Steve Adams is out, of course. So we started Xavier Thielman again, six points in 24 minutes, and Clark had 14 points in 23 minutes. Missed all of his free throws, Clarky. I don't think you want either of them in 12-team leagues. It's just too inconsistent, too much back and forth, too many minute splits for me to care about either of those guys in 12s. Baino was pretty good, 18-6-7 with two blocks. Jaron had 15-7, and seven, but he did get into foul trouble. Unfortunately, fouled out in 20 minutes, which is annoying. He hasn't really had that problem that much this season, but that's annoying, obviously. And Ja Morant, just really bad from the line, but 25-6-7. This is a very Ja Morant line. 25-6-7 sounds great, but no threes, no steals, no blocks, and shot 64% from the line in 11 attempts. It actually hurts quite a bit in category leagues. Old mate Dylan Brooks had 11 points. The world. Three threes, three assists. Actually, from him, that's not a bad game. But we're not rostering him in 12s. While well, Luke Kennard made his debut, played 22 minutes, had four points. We're not rostering him anywhere. But he went straight into the rotation ahead of John Conchar. That's notable. And we only got 14 Tyus Jones minutes. The stash of Tyus Jones waiting for Ja Morant value for an injury is still just restricted only to teams in top two places. But with Kennard there now, that limits Jones. Like we thought, oh, Jones can get minutes when Bain is out and when Moran is out. But with Kennard there... I'm not sure Jones gets a significant boost. And we saw here that Jones basically only played the minutes that Jar didn't play. Like he never crossed over at all and played only backup minutes, which makes that stash even harder. Interesting Santi Aldama game, 28 minutes. Nine points, two threes, two blocks. I actually like Aldama. Now it could have been much better if he had a shot 18, more than 18%. I don't think that he's a 12-team league guy, but on a day like this, he's a, he's a pretty good streamer. And they've pushed him into some extra minutes in some other games. So just watch that one. For the Celtics, big Al Horford, 30 minutes, 16, 9, and 5. Now, he has been really quite poor, and my stance on him remains the same. In a 10-team league, I don't think you need to worry. In a points league, 12-team, I don't think you need to worry. But in a 12-team category league, you probably still hold, and it worked out okay here. Every single day, someone asks me, can I drop Rob Williams, and my answer is always going to be the same. No. I didn't draft him anywhere because I was obviously really worried about the knee and I didn't want to have to deal with three months of zeros. I didn't draft him. But you drafted him. You've got him. Why would you drop him now? 10 points, 16 rebounds. Didn't have a block. And things are down from last season. But who cares? And I say that lovingly. Like, who cares if his numbers are down from last season? Yes, his numbers are down from last season. He is the 74th ranked player on a per-game basis, punting turnovers. He's 62nd per game over the last week, punting turnovers. And if you include turnovers, he's much higher. 
So even if he is worse than last season, he's still better than 400 NBA players. So just because he's worse than last season doesn't mean you drop him. It might be annoying and he might not ever get back to last season and shouldn't we literally should never have expected that. But he's obviously not a drop. Tatum had 16 and 7 with two steals and two blocks on 19%, which is bad. Well, Derek White, 23, 3, and 10. Maximum Derek. When they were healthy, he played like 14 minutes. And he went, oh, shit. And then Smart went down. Now Brown is out and Brogdon was out. So he went crazy. We love rostering him at the moment, Derek White. I don't know how long it stays. Because, again, he was out of the rotation almost. Not almost. He played 15 minutes when they were healthy. Um... Sam Hauser, 20.6 dribbles, nothing else. One of the elite three streams at the moment and big minutes with three rotation wings slash guards out in Bogdan, Smart, and Brown. Could stream him for points and threes, okay. Well, Grant Williams had 10, 9, and 4, nothing exciting there. And a good game from Peyton Pritchard. He's an interesting dynasty by low, Peyton. 12 points with four threes. Hey, if you're in very deep leagues, Mike Muscala looks like he's got a solid role here. 10 points, two threes, 17 minutes. That's really strong for deep leagues, of course. By deep leagues, I mean like 16 teamers. You can probably consider him. You probably can. And now let's look at the last game of the night. The Raptors narrowly over the Pistons. 119-118, the final score. The Pistons were without Marvin Bagley, of course. James Wiseman. And it does look like the trade is going to go through. It hasn't been officially confirmed, but that is where we're looking at. That trade is going to go through. Bogdanovich, 38 minutes, 33 points. Really, really strong. Killian Hayes, um, no. No, no, not strong at all. Two points, 10% shooting. He had five assists and played only 21 minutes. It's very disappointing to see those minutes like that. It's a Dwayne Casey special, but yeah, it's annoying to see 21 minutes there with 28 minutes for Burks, who was great, by the way. 21 points with four threes for Burks. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy, and I would hold Hayes, but that's annoying. No doubt about it. Passport legend, Jalen Duran. You look at his numbers, and you go, oh, that's gross. Especially after he scored 30 last game. He had six and four in 21 minutes, but he sprained his ankle. And he didn't play that well, but he sprained his ankle and didn't look like he was going to return, but he did. Obviously, still a must-roster play. Well, 38 minutes for Alf Stewart because there was no one available. He had 16 points with three threes, and still, I don't think that Alf Stewart's an, uh, an Isaiah Stewart. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. Well, Jaden Ivey had 18, 2, and 7. Really strong. He's very inconsistent, though, Ivey. And even with like this sort of a game, like he's still 174th for the season. Probably okay for 12s, but I wouldn't get excited. And then the guy that really stepped up here was MC Hamadou Diallo. Stop. Have a time. 18 and 7, steal and a block. 73%. Don't go and add him based on this. Stream for today was great. No problem. Absolutely worth looking at always with only two games on. You can stream whoever. But as a long-term thing, I don't think so. Isaiah Livers is getting good minutes. I like that. He's just a horrible fantasy producer at the moment. Two points for Livers. He did have a steal and a block. He's not a 12-team or a 14-team leaguer. But well, maybe he's a 14 with the minutes pushing up. But um, we want to see how this all looks if and when, most likely when, James Wiseman arrives. For the Raptors, they did start Yucca Pirtle. Was that because Gary Trent was out or because this is what they're going to do moving forward? I hope it's what they're going to do. 25 minutes for Pirtle, 6 and 5 with 2 steals and 3 blocks. Do not drop him. Please just hold tight. While Achua moved down to the 4, had 11 and 11. I don't think we need to hold on to pressure Achua. We can drop him. Van Vliet, 35, 3 and 8. Siakam, 28, 4 and 6. And Barnsley, 24 and 3. Good numbers across the board from those guys. While Boucher, only 18 minutes. I think the arrival of Pirtle is going to hurt him. 
Seven and five with two blocks. I'd rather have him over Precious at this point, Boucher, but I think they're both um, on the outside of 12-team leagues looking in. While we also got 18 Malachi Flynn minutes, nine Delano Banton minutes with Gary Trent out. They're not guaranteed to play a single second when Trent returns. Of course, Ananobi's out as well. So that puts further dent in the value of Chris Boucher, although Ananobi doesn't have a firm timeline at this stage. So let's go and do the lines of the night. I'm going to do a line of the night for Saturday and then all the top 10s. Then we'll just do a quick line of the night for Sunday as well. With only two games, and we don't need full top 10s of all of that stuff for Sunday's action. So the lines of the night for, su- for Saturday, um, Joel Embiid wins the monstrous line of the night. The young gun, also the waiver wire is Jalen Suggs and the young gun is Jalen Suggs. And the dud of the night is DeAnthony Melton. Top 10 players from Saturday, number one was Embiid, followed by Don Mitchell, Brad Beal, Jokic, Trey Young, Sabonis, Jalen Suggs, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brunson, and Jimmy Butler. Your top 10 players rostered under 50% of leagues, Jalen Suggs. We're watching that one. We're watching it. Uh, Patrick Williams, not interested. Terrence Davis, that's a monk absence issue. Horton Tucker, yes. Christian Brown, probably nothing there. Um, Gabe Vincent, yes. Devontae Graham, well, with Trey Jones out, he's a great stream for Monday. Uh, Dennis Smith, watch that one. Rui Hachimura, no. Deeper leagues only. And Schroeder, if LeBron is out, I'm okay with using him in 12s. Your top 10 players in points leagues for Saturday, Jokic, Embiid, Don Mitchell, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brunson, De'Aaron Fox, Jordan Poole, Lamelo Ball, and Lowry Markkinen. And then your lines of the night for Sunday's action. The monstrous goes to Boyan Bogdanovic. Your waiver wire line of the night goes to MC Hamadou Diallo. The young gun of the night is Scotty Barnes. And the dud of the night with that bad free throw shooting is Brandon Clark. And today's episode, well, that's it. We're done. Sorry. That's it. We're over. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Good luck watching the Super Bowl. Hope your team loses. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. Thank you guys so much for listening, everyone. See ya.